What you need to understand is that you've already done enough to have all the bad karma in the world and that the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ is the only thing that can save you, not doing good things. As we begin our look at the last chapter of the book of Acts, one thing Pastor David will teach us about is karma. Ever wondered about that idea? Here's Pastor David. So you remember last week, Paul and, uh, and Aristarchus and Luke and 276 people or whatever it was got shipwrecked. Remember, they got in a storm. They got shipwrecked. looked like we're going to be dead. God saved them because he had already told Paul he's going. Jesus had told him, you're going to Rome. You're going to witness for me at Rome. And so he knew he was going to be all right, but, he, but God actually saved all the people who were on that ship for Paul's sake. And they, at the end of last week, we saw them crash, uh, and they got onto a beach, and they were all saved. They were all alive. That's where we were. So this week, we're going to pick up from there. And this is in chapter 28. If you have your Bible, it'll also be on the screen. Verse 1, it says, Now when they had escaped, they then found out that the island was called Malta. Okay, I think we have a map here. Right, yeah, so this is kind of the path that they took. If you remember Caesarea Sidon, they went to Santa Claus's house, if you guys remember that one, or to the town he was from. And then over, uh, and then eventually that, that last part of the red line there is where they uh, were in a storm and they ended up on a little island called Malta. So that's where they are. They've realized this, this place is called Malta. Uh, this island would have had, you know, islanders that were native to the, to the island. It would have also had, obviously, Roman Greek folks that had, that had come there and that had been, you know, that had been integrated into, into the area. And so it says, And the natives showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and made us all welcome because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. So the word natives that Luke uses here is actually the Greek word barbaros, like barbarian. And for most of us, we think of barbarians like Conan, the barbarian, right? Or like, like these, you know, unkempt people, like, you know, whatever. That's not what it meant. Greek people used the word barbarian um, to refer to anyone that didn't speak Greek because of the way that they sounded when they talked, right? So it's, it's, it's onomatopoetic, does everybody know what that means? Uh, basically, it's, you know, like boom, like words that sound like what they are. So really, they're calling barbarians because they think that when they talk, it's like bar, 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 because they can't understand what they're saying. Like the parents in the Peanuts cartoons, wah, 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 wah. That's, that's the, they made up the word for that, basically. Barbarians just meant people who didn't speak Greek, people who they couldn't understand speaking. And so here, it says it very nicely, the natives. But he says barbarians, and that's what he means, people who don't uh, speak Greek. And so they make him this fire. Which is very nice of them because if it's still, remember, there's a storm. We're basically getting on to the late part of the year. It's cold. They make these guys, and 276 or whatever it was, people, they make them a fire. That would have been nice. I would have been happy once I got on the beach to get that nice fire going. So these natives, they were some nice folks to get them hooked up. It says, but when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. So Paul's out there. A couple of things to think about here. First of all, Paul, he's a worker, man. Like, he's just gone through all this stuff. He's the one. They were all saved because of him. They should have been like, hey, you sit here, Paul, because your God saved us all. You just relax here. But no, Paul's out there. He's gathering sticks. Of course, he was a prisoner, so they may have made him do it. I don't know. But he's out there. He's gathering sticks. He's showing us once again, just practically, that the, that the real serious Christ follower, there's nothing that the real serious Christ follower considers below themselves. 
We, we work. We do what needs to be done. And Paul just shows consistently the guy just does the work. And he's doing the work, and he gets these, these sticks, and he throws them in the fire. And what's probably happened here is a snake, a viper of some kind, had been chilling, right? It's wintertime. They're, t- they're hibernating. And Paul has messed with this, this snake. He's just, he came up on him. The snake was just chilling, sleeping. And then the fire woke him up. And yeah, he bit Paul. Can you blame him? Uh, you, you're taking a nap. I'm, if I'm taking a nap, you've got to watch your hands if you wake me up because I'll, you know, bite a little bit too. That's what this snake did, right? He was, he was trying to chill out. Paul's messed with him. He bites Paul on the hand. All right, so let's see how they react to that. It says, so when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hands, so this is a serious bite, like the thing's not letting go. They said to one another, no doubt this man's a murderer, whom though he has escaped the sea, yet justice is not allowed to live. But he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. However, they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But after they had looked for a long time and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a god. (laughs) They're a little fickle, right? This is not the first time uh, Paul has been called a god. Um, They thought he was Hermes back in the day, if you remember. Uh, But but what do we got going on here, right? We have uh, these these, uh, natives of the island. They see Paul get bit, and they're basically saying, listen, he may have escaped the sea, which was probably justice. And they're talking, may have been talking about the God of justice who makes sure that, you know, sees all the things you do and makes sure that you get yours when you do something wrong. But they're saying, basically, look, he should get justice. He's probably some kind of a murderer, right? And so what's happened is he escaped the sea, but justice wasn't going to let him go. The snake bit him, so we know he's going to die. You know, they've got this sort of expectation, this understanding of the world that's very much like a lot of people today have. You ever heard of karma, right? This is kind of an Eastern uh, religious idea, but it has become pervasive in our culture. Karma is, is the idea that sort of what you put out is what you get back, and good people have good things happen to them, and bad people have bad things happen to them, and that's kind of the way the world works, right? You put bad into the world, you get bad back, blah, blah, blah. This is, a, this is kind of a Hindu, it's an Eastern idea, but it's become very, very common. Now, here's the problem with karma. It's obviously untrue. It's obviously untrue, right? Um, And besides that, as believers, we don't believe in karma. We believe in grace. We believe in grace. See, if karma was true, I would be dead long ago. Long ago, right? I mean, I don't want to made it past the point I could walk, probably. I mean, I was not doing things that I should do. If that was true and what came back on me was what I put out, I would not be in a good situation. And, And no offense or offense, I don't care. You would be too, okay? You would be too. Karma is not true. It's not real. It's unrealistic, and it's philosophically untenable. In other words, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense, okay? People's main, one of their main issues with God is, why do bad things happen to good people? And that's because of this mindset of karma that they have that, hey, if I'm doing good things, good things should happen to me. Of course, the way most of us are is we ignore all the bad things we do and think that we're really good people because of the few good things that we do. That tends to be the way that we think about ourselves, right? Um, C.S. Lewis talks about a guy who plays tennis and mistakes his few good shots as his normal game and the, the many, many, many bad shots as his off, well, that was just an off one. It's like, well, if, if you're off 99% of the time, you suck at tennis, okay? But he takes, you know, he gets that one great shot, and he's like, yeah, that's, that's me. That's how good I actually am. That's kind of how we live our lives sometimes. We think we're really good, and so we're very upset because we have this karmic understanding of the way the world works, and we're mad at God because things don't go the way we want them to go. Listen, if karma was true, you'd all be in big trouble. 
We would all be in big trouble. The fact is that we believe in grace. We believe in the grace of Jesus Christ because we have an amazing, powerful God. Even the people who Christ was around struggled with this. You might remember some instances. Oh, why is this person... Uh, why has this person got this disease or whatever? Is it because he sinned? Is it because his parents sinned? Right? They were all worked up at one point because Pilate had killed some Galileans and mixed their blood with the sacrifices. And so they thought, these Galileans must have been especially bad to have this horrible thing happen to them. And then Jesus comes to him and is like, no. They didn't do anything especially. You think there were any worse than anybody else because this bad thing happens to it? That's not the way it works. Then he goes on to say in verse 13, 4, or those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them. Do you think they were worse sinners than all other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? No. The truth is, is that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. And the sun shines on the just and the unjust. And if you get your mindset in some sort of karma mindset, hey, if I do good, good things will happen. If I do bad, bad things will happen. And, that's, and it's sort of like this one-for-one-zero-sum game that works out there. You are missing Scripture. It is not scriptural. What you need to understand is that you've already done enough to have all the bad karma in the world and that the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ is the only thing that can save you, not doing good things. Doing good things won't save you. Now, there is, of course, a natural flow as we do things that are wise. If you save money, you're likely to have more money, right? If you treat your spouse well, they're likely to be a nicer spouse to you and whatever. Although I can give you examples where both of those things went the wrong way. And it wasn't because the person was bad. It's because we live in a fallen, cursed world. Okay? Generally, I say do good, but not for karma's sake. Not for karma's sake. Do good because you're just compelled to do good because of how just blessed and amazingly happy you are for what Jesus Christ has done for you. And don't listen to karma nonsense because it's just not true. All right. You got me off on karma for a second there. All right. So one of the other things it shows is these people on this island, you saw on the map where it is, it's the middle of the, of the, of the water there. You know, these people know what's, what right and wrong is. There's sort of this uh, mindset that some people have that, you know, people are all different about what they think about right and wrong. All, you know, all these different cultures and whatever, they all think something different about right and wrong. That's how we know it's not really objective. It's just sort of our own ideas. But the truth is, is that go to Malta or the deepest jungle of here or there or the island out here or there, and what you'll find is consistently, consistently, they all think most of, with very few exceptions, the same things are wrong and the same things are right. And the reason is, is because there is such a thing as right and wrong. And these people knew it. That's why they thought that Paul, if he was a murderer, should be in big trouble, right? Should, should get dead for murdering somebody. They recognized that there should be a punishment for evil that was done. And here's the thing that's important about that as believers. The fact is, is that everybody, non-sociopathic, understands that there's a right and a wrong. Everyone understands that there's a right and wrong. And if you want to be able to, to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, taking the fact that people understand that there's a right and wrong is a really, really good way to be able to go in without Bible thumping out of the gate, right? Without, without being overly like, well, it says this here. And they're like, well, I don't even believe that. But do you believe that there's a right and a wrong? Because if you believe that there's a right and the wrong, philosophically, this isn't about Christians or atheists or whatever. The, the, the philosophical facts are that if you believe there's such a thing as a right and wrong, and that they're true regardless of whether you think they're right or wrong or not, that there really is a right or wrong, then there must, 
logically there must be a God. And if there must be a God, and that God has made right and wrong as part of the nature of God, then that God must not be happy with those who have done the things that are wrong, right? And if God is not happy with those who have done the things that are wrong, then those who have done things that are wrong, which is everybody, are in big trouble. And if those who have done things that are wrong are in really big trouble, then the best news you could ever give anyone who believes there's such a thing as right and wrong is that Jesus came, died, and rose again, and that there's grace for their sin, right? And so if you can walk through that with somebody, it's really hard to deny it. What else do you have at that point? What else do you have? Hopelessness. Hopelessness. So these folks knew that there was a right and wrong, and here they go, and they start calling Paul a god. And Paul, we've seen this before. You know, he doesn't tell us here, but assumedly this is giving Paul an opportunity to preach. No. And here's the deal. Here's who I am. Here's who Jesus is. Here's why I didn't die from that snake bite, because Jesus told me i got to be in Rome, so this is just going to get in the way of that. Couldn't die right now. Couldn't do it because Jesus has the power, and I'm sure he got this opportunity to preach as a result of this. Certainly the last thing he did was let them believe that he was a god, right? Because we've seen the way he deals with this before. So this probably gave him an opportunity to preach, and it gives him some more opportunity too. Let's, let's keep reading. In that region, there was an estate of the leading citizen of the island whose name was Publius, who received us and entertained us courteously for three days. And it happened that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and dysentery. Paul went into him and prayed, and he laid his hands on him and healed him. So, Publius, I'm guessing, has heard about the snake bite and the whole thing, and maybe from uh, Julius, the, the centurion who had been guarding Paul, maybe he's heard about the shipwreck and Paul being visited by the angel and all the things that have happened, and so my guess is he's interested. And so he's invited, I'm not guessing that he invited all 276 people to his house. I'm guessing we're talking Paul, Luke, Aristarchus, maybe Julius, the, the centurion. We don't know, it doesn't tell us here, but I'm, I'm not guessing it was everybody. But I'm guessing it was because of the snake bite and the things that happened that are the reason that he says, come in. And then Paul goes in there and he takes this opportunity to say, oh, your dad's sick? Daddy's sick? Let me go in there. Paul goes and he heals this guy. Heals the father. Well, what happens when somebody gets healed like that? Let's see. So when this was done, the rest of those on the island who had diseases also came and were healed. What kind of opportunity has happened here? Paul's healed the father. It doesn't even say that the father was a believer or that he had faith to be healed or that he asked to be healed or anything. Paul goes in there and the power of God works through Paul to heal this guy. And then all these people on the island are coming to Paul saying, hey, look, whatever, you know. And, of course, what's he doing? He's not saying, I'm healing people. He's, he's pointing them to Jesus. Now, it doesn't tell us how many people got saved or if anybody got saved. If anybody started following Christ. I'm guessing people did, okay? And Luke doesn't, doesn't tell us that, that in, in, the, in this chapter. But my guess is that people did. But if they didn't, I, I'll tell you what, some seeds were certainly planted. I don't know how much of the news of Jesus Christ had come to this island, but certainly as Paul came there, he got to do that. And let's go back now to that snake bite, because nobody likes being bitten by snakes, right? Yesterday, we were at, I was at a life group, and we made a fire. We were at the church house, and we made a fire in like the fire pit, and there's all this wood in the back, right? And I am somebody who just loves to go to a wood pile that's been sitting there for however long, and who knows what's in that wood pile, and just stick my hands right into it, right, and pick that wood. And I'm thinking the whole time, don't, do a, don't get a sermon illustration for tomorrow. Don't get a sermon illustration because I was going through because I knew I was preaching on this and I did not want to be able to say, and by the way, yesterday, I put my hand up and it's this big because I got bit by brown recluse. What have you seen that stuff on the internet? It looks nasty. Um, so anyway, 
Just thought I'd share that with you. Um, getting some wood and, and didn't want that to happen. But Paul did. The snake bites him. And I think for most of we'd say, man, can this guy catch a break? You know, he gets on the ship. He's like, don't go this way. They're like, no, we're going to go this way. And then they have 14 days of disaster. They crash. They get on the thing. Finally, he's safe. It's like, oh, finally, a warm fire, a minute to rest. You ever been there? Oh, things are rough. Things are rough. Storm, storm, storm. Oh, whoo, it looks like it's over for a minute. Snake bite. <laughs> like, I got a snake hanging from my hand now, right? I've seen it with people in the church, right? And they're like, man, we've just been through the worst storm. Oh, and, and by the way, it just started up again. Something else happened, whatever. Well, that's what Paul's dealing with here. But listen, what happened as a result of it? What happened as a result of this snake bite? As a result of this snake bite, he got to go and heal an untold, we don't know, number of people on the island of Malta and bring the truth of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ to all these people because he was willing to get a couple puncture wounds in his hand, Right? And so when you go through these things, when you go through these difficulties and they seem to come one after another and you're in the storm and then it's a snake bite and then it's whatever, when, when that's going on, don't forget what was happening here. The people were watching Paul. They were watching Paul. They were looking to see what was going to happen, how he was going to react. They're watching you. They're watching you and you do not know what opportunities for the good news, for the gospel of Jesus Christ may come your way because of what seems to you like tragedy after tragedy, difficulty after difficulty. Paul had to go through it, and the Lord used it for amazing things. All right, we're going to leave the island now. Verse 10. After three months, we sailed in an Alexandrian ship whose figurehead was the twin brothers, which had wintered at the island. All right, so they're at the island for three months. Why? They got to wait until the storm stopped. They're there for the winter, so they're chilling. I don't know what the weather's like there. Hopefully it was a nice winter for them. Uh, it gives Paul quite a lot of time to uh, preach to these folks, right? These people who have been healed and so on. It gives him an, an opportunity for a ministry. Three months is better than a couple days. So he gets to be there for three months, and then off they go, and they take off, right? I think I may have missed the verse right before that says they they also honored us in many ways, and when we departed, they provided such things as were necessary. So when they left, these people were so happy with Paul and so on that they gave them stuff. They took care of their needs, assumedly for the rest of their trip. Hey, you guys need stuff. We, we're going to give you this stuff, which is, what, which is sort of the heart that the believers have for one another. So we saw that. Then we find out they've been there for three months, and then they're about to take off. And it says, and landing at Syracuse, it's not the university, um, we stayed three days. Once again, Luke just including stuff. Why, why do I care that they stayed in Syracuse three days? The truth is I don't, but Luke has included, well, I do. Luke has included it because he's being accurate because it's what happened because Acts is about facts. Acts really is about facts. All the details that Luke includes are things that people could have checked out for themselves, proving that these aren't just stories, they're the truth. And if you could use more of that truth in your life, come see us at Axe Church in Vancouver, Washington this Sunday morning. We'd love to meet you and share the hope and peace we've found in Christ. Get easy directions and all the info you need at axechurchnw.org. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll check out our next episode here on Contemplate.